Let's, let's look in the Word tonight. I want to talk about some things that ministered one time in a measure over at the East Church, and I want to just pursue that since this is my avenue of, of uh, getting out there. Um, uh, on uh, what is your focus worth? I want to talk about your focus tonight and talking about, we've been talking about things concerning passion and being stirred up, so let's pray and let's go to the Word of God. Thank you, Father, for the Word tonight. And thank you for the corresponding anointing that, Father, always is upon your word. Deny, Lord, we declare and say our ears and our heart are anointed. We have understanding. We are of a quick understanding. And tonight, Lord, the seed of your word, the incorruptible seed of your word will fall on good ground, and it'll spring up, and it'll produce 30, 60, and 100-fold return in our lives. Father, we rever and honor and cherish the word of God. We give much uh, grace to it, Lord, much honor to it, Father, thanking you as we esteem it, Lord God, it esteems us. So thanking you, Lord, tonight for increase in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, turn with me, if you would, to the book of, um, doggone, where shall we go? Matthew chapter 6. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. You know, um, we've studied this out of Galatians chapter 2, how um, the Bible says that you and I all as believers have the God kind of faith that we live by the faith of God. I said we live by the faith of God, that we, we've, we've discovered that, you know, even though Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that that's not actually uh, uh, true in the truest sense because that word cometh is in italics, but actually we know that uh, faith doesn't come by hearing. It's already in us by the new birth. Jesus put his faith inside of us. Hallelujah. So we've got all of heaven's faith, just like when you were born, you got all the muscles and all the nerves you'll, you'll ever have. You, you just develop them. And so we've got the faith of God in us, but, but faith is stirred up. It's ignited. It's activated by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that faith is in us. But I've also discovered, as you have, that only people that are focused, that are deliberate, that are, that are uh, consistent, make their faith work for them. It'd be like someone having a whole bunch of money and, and didn't know it or, or wasn't able, didn't have an intellect, wasn't able and, and had to have an administrator uh, over their inheritance because they were incompetent or something. And so their wealth did them very little good. Weren't able to really enjoy it, you know, just lived as a pauper, just lived in a, in a, in a sustenance mode. Well, that's the way a lot of Christians are. They've got, they've got heaven's best inside and yet they're living as mere men. You know, Paul talked about mere men speaking as just as unbelievers, just mere men, not as kings and priests that we are. Hallelujah. So uh, we got to stake, we gotta, we've got to develop a focus. And we've looked at this in many times that this focus involves two areas, two main things that you've got you've to make yourself, you've got to draw yourself, that you've got to look to. And first of all, we found out that that's passion. You know, if you don't have a passion, if you're just like, whatever, you're never going to have a focus that causes you to have the victory. you got to have a passion. you got to have a fire that when the Lord throws a little uh, gasoline on it, you ignite. you got something that, that, that'll turn on. You, you can put 10,000 gallons of gas out on the ground, but until there's one little spark, it's just, just going to make the ground wet. But one little spark in a half a gallon, and you'll set the woods on fire. And so passion is real important. What passion means is that you believe what you've seen and heard until your life reflects it exactly. You believe what you've seen and heard until your life reflects it. Lots of people say, oh, I believe, but their life doesn't reflect it, so therefore they're not passionate. They're not passionate about prosperity. Well, you know, that's what we believe. You know, that's what my church believes. You can tell my church isn't going to get it. Or, you know, or, you know, I'm hoping that it works, or I'm hoping this is going to turn out. That's not a passion yet. And you got to get stirred up. you got to get stirred up about what you believe based on what you've heard and what you've seen. So much so, you're not passionate until it's reflected in your life. And the second thing we've looked at concerning focus that's real important is timing. Say timing. Timing. you got to be at the right place at the right time. Uh, that's going to involve patience. You know, the Bible says that faith worketh by patience. It's, f patience is a part of faith. And that means that you just don't get excited about something and just say, well, I believe I'll just go do that, and I'm in faith about it. But you get it too, you're there too early. 
Anybody besides me ever been there too early? Been there ahead of God, just been there, or been re- heard from God, had the, the passion, had the fire in there, but so reasoned it out and thought about it that, that literally you, you, by the time you got there, it was over and done. So passion, having a fire for the things of God, and having timing, able to, able to pace yourself, able to just sit there and say, I've got it. Well, where is it? Well, it doesn't matter. I've got it. Instead of jumping the gun like Abraham did, you know, and, and getting an Ishmael. Oh, help me, Lord, for those Ishmaels in our life. Hallelujah. They seem to live forever. forever. Amen. So, we, you know, if you look out there in all men, secular and spiritual, you'll see that, that the, the passion is a resident denominator in all great men, all great men and women. You never saw one that's great that wasn't passionate about something. Go through our presidents, and you can pick out the ones that were great and the ones that were not great, and, and, and you can weed out good skills and great leaders and everything, but really the common denominator is they were passionate about it. They, they had a conviction. They had something that at some point that they were unwilling to move even though everything was against them. I think our president right now, President Bush, uh, although he very much outwardly belies it, he's very passionate about some things. He has some deep convictions, and he never did bend, even though politically speaking it would have been very good for him to bend and just get the election going. He just stood there and took it and won it anyway, and other men and women like that. Um, Nobody ever made a difference by being indifferent. To make a difference, you got to get involved. You got to have a passion. You got to have a something that says, "I'm going to get out of my track, out of my trail, and I'm going to do something that's not normal for me." Christianity is a lifestyle, and we don't just sign up for it. Amen. The Book of Genesis. We're not going to go there, but the Book of Genesis. You think about the heroes in the Book of Genesis. We've got uh, we got Noah. Think about him a hundred years of preaching a gospel and building a boat and had never seen rain. He had a passion, and yet he had a sense of timing as well. Amen? You think about Abraham. Timing was everything, and yet he was passionate. It said he considered not his body. And then his wife, Sarah, and then Isaac. You know, just there was a famine in the land, and it says that, that God told him to stay in the land, and he stayed in the time of famine, and he just he won. About his son, Jacob how passionate he was. His son Joseph, that Joseph literally, they say, was probably in the pit of the king's dungeon. He was probably down there in that lower part of the pit for as many as 20 years, holding on to God, holding on to his word. He had seen those dreams. He'd had those visions, and he held on. He was passionate, and yet he was not willing to jump the gun. It'd been real easy to go crazy down there. I guess lots of people did, but he did not. And then uh, uh, you have... uh, 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 Joseph, that was so strong. Then, then you get out of the book of Genesis. Everybody that was great was not someone that was necessarily the most intellectual or even the most anointed, but it's someone that had a passion. Saul sold his passion cheap, didn't he? He just he, he didn't have a passion for the things of God. We find one time when God told Saul, I want you to go into this city and I want you to kill everything, every man, every woman, every boy and girl, and every animal. I want you to completely take them out. And it had to do with idolatry and bringing those things back into them. And Saul just couldn't do it. He said, you know, if I sacrifice some things and if I give honor to the Lord, it'll be okay. And he worked a system and he lost it all. He was the greatest, but he lost it all because he wasn't passionate about the things of God, the word of the Lord. So it's important that we be passionate. And in order to do that, you got to be focused. And the point that we're making here is that there are so many distractions in our life that it becomes challenging to become focused. And so in, in a days gone by, like I, we talked about, that when you were in a little house on the prairie, it wasn't hard to be focused because there wasn't anything. When I was growing up, when we moved to Seagraves, Texas, uh, my folks lived nine miles out in the country. There wasn't anything to get distracted by. We had an antenna that, you know, you put a pipe wrench on it and different shows, you went out there and, and tuned in and, and then, you know, it might or might not work and, you know, and it, it just two or three channels. So it wasn't a big deal. And uh, if you had too much laying around time, uh, my folks would put you to work. So it wasn't good to be looking like you were enjoying yourself, hallelujah. So there wasn't a lot of distraction on Little House on the Prairie, hallelujah. But we live in a day now 
that we literally have to just bear down because there is so much on the menu, so much on the buffet. We could lose our way so quickly and never even know that we were out there. So to be great, in order to have these things in your life, we've got to focus. Um, in Mark chapter 5, we see that, uh, don't go there, uh, but in uh, Mark chapter 5, we've been talking about Jairus and his uh, little girl that was unto death and how the woman with the issue of blood interrupted that. And you remember what Jesus said when they come and told Jairus, said, your daughter is dead. Jesus said, fear not, only believe. What was he saying? He was saying, stay focused. A lot's been going on here. The woman with the issue of the blood come in here, and then the, the family's wailing and everything. He said, fear not, only believe. Stay focused. And so when he did, it happened for him. Um, the woman with the issue of blood, she stayed focused, and she got her miracle. Um, in Mark chapter 10, blind Bartimaeus, if you read that story, talking about how they told him, sit down and shut up. You're a nobody. And he just kept pressing in until he got his sight. Where did I have y'all turn? Matthew chapter 6. Well, I'm not there yet, so we'll keep on going. Uh, remember about the rich young ruler, how he lost his focus. He said, Lord, I want to follow you. And Jesus gave him a simple plan, and he lost his focus because it says he went away sorrowful because he had many possessions. Um, in Luke chapter 22, we see that Judas failed to focus. He had a passion, but he failed to direct his passion. In Acts chapter 5, we see that Ananias and Sapphira, they were part of the early church. They were part of the fathers in the faith, the fathers and the mothers in the faith. They were in there but they just lost their focus, and they lost everything. It wasn't because they wasn't good people. They lost their focus and went another way. Amen? So in, in Matthew chapter 6, if you're there, let's look at a key scripture that the Lord uh, gave us in verse 33. Everybody that's in the Bible that, wait, that, that, that fanned their passion, that kept their focus, and they yielded to the timing of the Lord. Say, timing of the Lord. I'm telling y'all, it's so critical. I told Debbie the other day, and, and you would say this too, all of the kingdom of God has taken longer than I thought. Did y'all think it would take this long to get the things going that you'd believe that God's shown you and that he's revealed, and you go, Lord, I see that. I believe that. I, I believe I receive that. I take that. And you knew it wasn't going to be the by the weekend, but, and you thought, well, maybe just after Christmas... But you didn't know it would be this many Christmases, hallelujah. And yet the promise is out there, and it's working as strong, and it's as virile and as, as potent as it was the day the Lord delivered it, the day you believed it. Yet it's taken longer, and lots of people, did y'all know lots of people have unhooked their safety belt and ejected? They have, they have bailed out. They just couldn't take the weight. You've got to have a passion, and you've got to be willing to move at the right time. Amen. Jesus said in verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom. That word kingdom could also be translated system. That's why we gave tonight is because we qualified ourselves with our faith to get into the system of God of seed time and harvest. And it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In Matthew chapter 25, slip over to chapter 25. Look in verse 21, a parable speaking here where Jesus lays down a principle of this system or this kingdom, and he, uh, he looks at a steward, and he tells this steward through this master, this uh, actually this slave owner, he said, um, well done, verse 21, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Say few things. Now, the few things are the things that are in your life. There's nobody in here that's got all of the things. You've got a few things. Kevin's got some things concerning music and some other gifts and things. And, uh, you know, Betty's got some things and Jonathan's got some things. And everybody in here's got a part. You've got a part. Nobody could say, well, you know, I don't have the whole thing. I'm exempt. We all have a few things. Hallelujah. And they're good things because they're yours and they're impartations. But he said, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. So I want you to notice there that if you'll be passionate over a few things, God will be passionate over his kingdom over many things. Look with me, if you would, slip back to Matthew chapter 11. This is a key verse. 
that the Lord give us uh, in chapter 11, verse 29. I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang on. Praise God. But the ride's real good anyway. Hallelujah. Verse 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, literally, he's speaking there about the born-again experience, about salvation. He's talking about the unconverted, the heathen, becoming born again. But he's also speaking in a double meaning to you and I, that we literally, with life, are challenged every day, just getting up and going out there and living by faith. And he said, he said to us, he says to everyone in one dimension or the other, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He didn't say, you know, to, to learn the church or learn that system. Uh, you know, he didn't say even to learn the Bible. A lot of people, I've, I've had people stand in front of us in a church that could quote the Bible for hour on end but were dumb as a stump spiritually, did not know Jesus in the sense of his life and his spirit, but could quote his word. He said, learn of me. And then he said, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Verse 30 is key, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So life is easy, life is good. Living by faith is the good life. Let's say it. Amen. Living by faith is the good. Oh, I'm living by faith. You know, we've heard that where people just said, well, I've decided to live by faith, you know, and, and they connoted it to going into Africa or, or Indonesia or some, you know, wherever and, and living with a loincloth and a, and a, and a, and you know, or whatever, you know, eating off roots and stuff. It's not it. It's the best life. It's the best life that God's got. Turn with me, if you would, to Mark, Mark chapter 5. Let's just put this one back in us. I've already spoke of it, but let's just look at it because it, it completes this little uh, uh, trilogy here. Chapter 5 of Mark, verse, um, verse 23, Jairus says in verse 23 to the Lord, he said, uh, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, and she shall be healed, and she shall live. So Jairus was living by faith there, and then we know that uh, he was interrupted saying, Our, your daughter is dead. Verse 36, Jesus said to her, be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. So he was telling him to stay focused. Now, here's the thing. Everybody in these passages kept their passion, kept their, they kept their timing, they stayed there, and every one of them was able to resist the, the distraction. Now listen, y'all, we're, we're focused. We all love the Word. We love the Lord. We, we have fell in love with Him. He's shown us His way. But it's not enough to live on, well, I have a testimony back in 84. You ought to hear what God did for me. Praise God. But you know, the memory grows dim and the, the feelings grow weak back in 84 or even 94, maybe even 2003, we got to have something fresh. In the old covenant, God would make them, because they weren't born again, have feasts and have all sorts of things on an annual basis. He would make them come together and have ceremonies where they would sit down together and, and go through rituals and explain to their children and sweep out the leaven in the house and all sorts of things as pictures to their soul, to their mind, to remind them that the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. But we are born again. And we don't have to have that in our lives in order to enforce that. We have the Word of God that says, I've got the victory every single day. I, Jesus has been more than enough to me. But to maintain that, listen, even though you had a great victory in 03 and 94 and 92 or whatever, you got to have a focus to make it tomorrow. You can't live on yesterday's victories. You can't live on yesterday's, yeah, buddy, we got it, and the Lord came through, and praise God. You can't live tomorrow on that. You got to have a fresh pouring out today to make it today. And there's a different kind of distraction. The devil knows us. He has what's called familiar spirits that just follow you around and look at you and analyze you and report back to headquarters. And there's a, there's a file on you. You think the CIA has a file on folks? It's nothing compared to what the devil has on you. Now, he didn't start this file back when you was living for him with no file needed. 
Hallelujah, you're in line. You're, you're going off to his war. But now that we're serving God and the word's coming out of our mouth and we are conforming our life and we are not serving him, he's got a file on you saying there's got to be a weakness here. You know, it just takes one screen door in a submarine to make the whole thing go to the bottom. Amen. You know, four inches thick everywhere, but here we got the hatch open and it goes to the bottom. So we have to stay focused. It's not hard, it's not burdensome, but you do have to stay focused. And the thing is, everybody's focused on something. we got to get the right focused. Amen? Amen? So uh, promotion is the result of priorities and focus. Let's get that in. Promotion is not working hard. Focus, uh, excuse me, promotion is not from uh, being all you can be. Literally, Jesus has made you all you can be. Promotion comes from priorities, seeking first the kingdom, and focusing, staying on those things. In other words, consistency. You can't say, well, you know, last year I was really serving God. Doesn't that count for something? It did last year. It got you to this year. Hallelujah. But if you want to go to next year, you're going to have to load up and focus. I know there's people in the kingdom that says, you know, listen to me. They said, I have worked for God so hard, it's time for me to retire. It's time for some of these young bucks to take the load and for me to, to be able to take time off. You just know they're fixing to go to the end. You need an usher? Okay, usher. Would you turn their conditioner down, please? Thank you. You know how we do it. How, no, for Miss Debbie, you actually really do do it. Hallelujah. Okay, so it is the goal of the devil then. It, you, we think, well, the devil, he's just putting sickness on me. Or the devil, he's stealing my finances. What's the devil going to do stealing your finances? What he's going to do with money? What pleasure does he have in making you sick? You go, what is the deal here? You got to think like he thinks that just getting Christians sick or just getting them broke is not the end of his life. It's a lot of work to get us sick. It's a lot of work to, you know, he's got to strategize and, and get everybody together on this project and, and work things out. Do y'all know he works things out? And the reason is, is not for the sickness. The sickness is not the end to itself. The, 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 the lack or the need, the shortage is not the goal. It is to break your focus. He'll use anything. He'll, you know, he'll use anything, and those are just two that stick out and, and are easy because they're both already in the world, so they're readily available to him. But the, his goal then, and you've got to know this because you'll fight it the wrong way if you don't, his goal is to break your focus. How do you break the focus of a, of a strong, uh, a man that's, that's strong in the Lord? You give him another goal that is less worthy and tell him it is more worthy. You begin to distract him and saying, what are you doing over here? And, and you could be over here feeding the poor. You could be over here uh, 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 doing a Bible study in your home. You could be over here, all of them good. You could be giving your money over here to these little babies in Africa and whatever, and none of that's wrong. All of it's worthy, but you could break your focus, and then all of a sudden you're not going to church, and you're not tithing, and you're not, you're not, uh, you're, <laughs> all of a sudden you're doing good things that aren't God, and you've got your focus broke. Your assignment is out of line, and he has won. Because all he cares about is that you don't get the end result, the reward. So all he has to do is just put one pipe wrench in the gear and stop the whole factory. Are y'all getting this? So you got to think like he thinks. You go, man, I hate the devil. He made me sick. Listen, if making you sick makes you break your focus, it's coming again. He's the kind of guy that, make, that works it until it doesn't work. And the day it doesn't work... He goes to a different plan because we shut that door on the submarine. It may have got us one time, but we shut that door, and eventually he pushes every button until we shut down every button. We don't go to the bottom every time he shows up. So if, if you running out of money causes you to wail and carry on and quit tithing, <laughs> hello, you being in a tight spot causes you to cry and moan and make bad confessions and consider things, just because you're in a tight spot, hello, he's won. Your assignment is in not only in jeopardy, it's been, it's been scuttled. It's, it's not even valid anymore. This is sure good, hallelujah. This will sure help you if you'll take it to heart because he's a little devil, and we've got a big God. And Jesus said, listen, this is so cool. He said, my yoke is easy. 
Well, the devil's out there and he's just worrying me and he's working me and he's stealing and he's putting stuff on me. My yoke is easy. So if it's not easy, we're fighting the wrong thing. We're trying to get healed when what we need to do is just stay focused. What happens is faithful over little. That's why we read that scripture. If you're faithful over a little, if you'll keep your focus and not jump the gun, we get our emotions involved. Well, God told me to do this. He told me someday I'd have a worldwide ministry. And so I'm, I'm quitting my job and I'm leaving the church and, and I'm looking for me a pulpit. So I'm calling preachers saying, you know, you need me. How many of y'all know that might be the right passion? You're all fired up, but the timing could be a little off. But I know people that have done that. I mean, I'm, we're, not, we're not even making this up. This is how it goes for a lot of people. They just lose it. Why? Because they're so emotional driven. They think if God showed them anything, they got to have it then. Well, the devil just comes in and he breaks your focus, gets you out. Your family doesn't believe in you anymore. They can't trust you because now the, the rent's due and there's no groceries because you've done went out and quit. And sure, you didn't get any preaching deals. Or if you did, they gave you $30 and said, go and be warmed. <laughs> you know, I've been in that church, by the way. Hallelujah. I preached there. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I wasn't very warm when I left either, by the way. Hallelujah. So the, so the devil, to break our focus, he'll put on you false burdens. Oh, I've just got a burden for the this and that. I've just got a burden. I've just got a burden for the, for the singles, or I've just got a burden for the, you know, and people get these burdens, and, and you go, cool, get a burden. Get, get passionate but it makes them unhooked from something else because it was a false burden. They were just tired of waiting for recognition, tired of someone not patting them on the back saying, you know, you're special. Well, we're already special. If the pastor never tells you you're special, you are. If he never gets up and toots your horn and says, you know, we just are so proud of these, we're real careful not to, you know, it's, it's even almost dangerous to even to give out accolades because you got other people that go, well, there he goes again about this and that. And, you know, I'm just as much, and it's true. It's true. So, you know, it's, 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 it's challenging to just say, you know, we're so proud of what they're doing in singles or children's church or youth or whatever. Amen? So, but we just got to grow up and say, praise God, we're proud too. And it is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when you stay focused, nothing will stop you. Y'all didn't write that down? When you stay focused, nothing will stop you. I said, when you stay focused, you are unstoppable. You mean when I'm able to, you know, uh, uh, preach good or when I get my ministry going or when I get... No, when you stay focused, you are already there. Focus is everything. But we have people, and I'm not saying so much in this church, but, but I've been around before I got here, that, uh, that went on some sort of trip. Grandma called. She broke her arm or something. And, and so the family all loads up and goes out to, you know, New Mexico or somewhere and, and takes care of her for three weeks. And financially, then they're out of whack and their job's calling and their kids are out of school and, and everything. And then they come back and they're going to get back in. And then, you know, one of them's sick, so they all have to stay home. And then the next week, you think, whoo, they're coming back. And the radiator goes out on the car or, you know, he's having to work overtime to make up for And it just wipes them out. And after about six weeks, they can all make it, but they all say, you know, I don't feel like going to church today. And all of a sudden, you know, focus has been broken. What, what was it? Well, grandma's arm over in Tucumcari caused this family to backslide to hell. Something's wrong here, but you know, the devil knows what it takes. He knows what will move you. And so, you know, it wouldn't move me. I'd send my prayers to Grandma and, you know, send her some cookies and eat it with the other arm. Hallelujah. But I'm not going to backslide for Grandma's broken arm. Oh, you mean thing, you. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm tied in. I'm focused. I'm not going to be distracted by false burdens. It makes you get criticized. It makes you seem hard and uncaring and unsympathetic, and, and you don't empathize much. And it's true. Sometimes we can get in the other ditch and go there because we get self-righteous in our faith, and bless God, I'm in faith. I don't have to go. That's not even right. But I am saying you got to keep your focus at all costs. It is the paramount thing. It is essential. But they need me. Yes, they did. But you know, you're not always the best caretaker. Sometimes when we rush in to put out the fire, we keep people that aren't really even focused, that really don't, the devil's not even bothering. We keep them from coming in and taking a natural position that you, that you had took away from them, actually. 
um, uh, I've got two brothers in West Texas, and they both love to take care of my parents. They come down, my dad's told me, he said, I wish your little brother would go home sometimes. He stays all night, all the next day, and up till midnight the night, and dad's saying, I want to go to bed. But he's just there to, you know, just be with dad and just be, you know, well, that's not my deal. And I'm out here and I can't, but you know, God's taking care of it. He's, and he's just doing a whale of a job. Because even though they gripe about it, you know, they like that. You know, we love you, Dad, and everything like that. And I have to do mine by telephone. I have to call them and say, Mom, I love you. You're my favorite mother. And that just gets away with her. You know, I'm your only one. It don't count. You know, she just rattles off 15 minutes. Hallelujah. Don't give her this taper. I'm, I'm cooked. Hallelujah. And so um, um, you, you, you distract someone by interrupting their timing, either giving them a goal that's not as worthy or you interrupt their timing. You try to get them to do something that's ahead of the time or delay them and be behind the time. Every victory, listen, every victory is the result. Well, I wonder why, how come we had the victory there? It was unbroken focus. For whatever reason, you were able to sustain a focus and just stay in there, even though the devil was throwing this and throwing that, and you had every good reason to bail, every good reason to say, I'll be back, Lord. You know, I'm just going to have to come back because it is really serious out there. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. If we'll just stay there, if we'll just stay there, the storm will pass. It, it seems serious now. It seems like it's just going to be terrible, but the storm will pass. Oh, I just, I just can't stand it. i got to do something. The storm will pass. And if you'll just sit there, God has a way. He has a provision. He has a plan. And his plan is for you to stay focused. If he has to bring in the Calvary to help everybody get loaded up, he will do it. Y'all are so excited. Hallelujah. Well, then on the other side, then every failure that we've ever had, every failure you've ever had, every time it didn't go according to faith was not that you didn't have enough faith. It wasn't that you didn't believe. It wasn't that you doubted. It's that you succumbed to the broken focus. Something come by. You didn't even recognize it because it didn't have devil stamped on it. It didn't have, I have come to distract you. But nevertheless, here it was. And it was a good thing. It wasn't even like the devil come by and he has the bubonic plague. He came by with something good and said, you know, you're the only one that can really take care of this. You're the one. You're special. You, if you don't do it, it's going to cause great trouble. And you just know you're going to lose it, but you just do it anyway. And you lose it. And you just got to go around the mountain again. Never really, most Christians never even know that's what exactly happened in their life. Amen? Okay, let's look at a few things. We've got just a few minutes here. Um, focus in your life. And you don't have to be focused on everything. There's just a few things God wants you to focus on. There's just a few things I know you'd like to watch every movie that comes out, every, every new release, but you know it's just not really that big of a deal. I know you'd like to go to every little thing or every art exhibit or everything. You'd, you'd say, well, we've just done this for years. You'd like to go to every little baseball game and every little football game. You know, I, and here I'm not against that. I'm not, I'm not judging how you live your life. I'm just telling you how, how you got to get it done. you got to do what you got to do to get it focused. And people let their children sometimes... Help me, Lord, the ice is slippery. <laughs> they let their children break their focus, and they never live out their assignment because they let what God blessed them with take them off their focus. We're not called to be everything to our children that God is called to be to our children. He is their father. We are just the nannies. We're the papas and the mamas. We just, we're stewards over our children. And you can't make them happy. You can't live their life for them. Well, that went over good. Hallelujah. So we, we got to say, here's what you got to do as Christians. I, I, we don't preach this on Sunday morning. We're talking to you that have already said, I'm signed up. Listen, Barna, you know George Barna? He came out with a little deal the other day, just to let y'all know how good we're doing. He came out with a survey, that they, and it was a big survey, across the nation, very deep. And he said, these seeker-friendly churches, churches that are just gospel light. You know what I mean by light, L-I-T-E, light, like 
Bud Light. Yeah, well, not Bud Light. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord. Get a new helper over here, Bud Light. The woman you gave me, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, margarine light or something. Anyway, this, this gospel that's just fluffy, that there's nothing to it, no confrontation, no, no, no gospel to it. It's just like, oh, you're good and it'll all turn out. Said these churches that are growing, they're seeker-friendly churches, growing. They just come in and they have dramas and they have shows and it's just entertainment. Everybody wants to come to them. And people are getting so-called born again. But after three years, after talking to people that had been going to these churches three years, they said the people have no doctrinal basis. They have no direction in their life. They have no ministry of helps. They told me yesterday, somebody, a friend of mine told me, that uh, they went to a well-known, major, good church that we would all say, I want to go there. That's why I'm not telling you all where it is. Went to this church and said they could not uh, staff the nursery because everybody just wanted to come in and just be a part of the service. No one would go to the nursery, so they couldn't have a nursery. Well, how's that work? Would have all them babies in service. What I'm telling y'all is, is these things that we're teaching and preaching and living here, they are life. Back to that story, it said these, these, these churches, the people have no doctrinal basis. They have no, no way to weather a crisis. A crisis comes and, and, and they don't, the divorce rate, the, the, the drug rate, everything that's in the world is exactly the same in those churches as it out, as it out in the heathen. So sometimes, you know, you go, I'd like to go one of them fun churches for a while instead of mean Michael. I'd like to go out there and just live a little. This stuff is life. This stuff is life. And it's not mean-spirited. It isn't, it isn't dictatorial. It is life. It's like there's an option here. To, and if you hadn't figured it out, if you're not 20, 30, 40, or 50, you hadn't figured it out, life is not fair. Life is full of the devil. The devil is the God of this world, and life is not fair. And the only way to get around it is to be full of him and his word. I just wanted to put that in. I thought that was a good spot to put it. Hallelujah. So focus produces mastery. Say mastery. Focus produces mastery. And, and what I was telling about these churches, there's no focus. They're just doing everything all over and just everything, and nothing ever focuses their life. And if they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. It doesn't matter. There's no accountability. In a church like this, when, you, when you're signed up for nursery or usher or musician, we notice when you're not here. It wasn't just like, uh, where's, where's the... No, it's like the nursery doesn't have anybody because they're not here. Everybody's all hands on deck here. And you go, well, that's not so good. I like to go to a church where they can just, you know, you can float in and float out. Well, you float in and you float all the way out because there's nothing to hold you in. Sometimes people come to church just because they have to be there because someone's going to notice they're not there. And then when they come, they get their life fixed. They would have stayed home, but they had to come for another reason. And God used that to put something in their life. Focus produces mastery. Amen. So you got to set your life. You got to set your life to a mastery mode. You cannot do all of life. Y'all, the millennium is a thousand years. It's coming soon. We could be in the millennium in 10 years. No. Well, we got to go through seven years of the tribulation. And so if we had three years to the tribulation, seven years, we're going to be in heaven. Y'all, we're going to be in heaven seven. Did y'all, were, were y'all raised like me to think that heaven was forever? We're not even going to be in heaven, but seven years, <laughs> it will be fun. It will be good. We will, we will eat, drink, and be happy. Hallelujah, Brother Tom. We will, we will eat the pig all day long if we want to. But anyway, uh, in 10 years, we could be in the millennium, and that's where you can do all the things that you would like to do here, but you got to stay focused over here. It's not our time. It's not our time to do everything that's out there and be everybody's good friend and everybody's benefactor and everybody's caregiver and everybody's good old buddy, and, and it's not our time. It'll take you down. If you try to be all things to all people, it'll take you down. You don't have to believe me. Just step out there. It'll happen. You cannot do it. There's not enough of you to go around, and you're not wired for it. You're not able to do it. God didn't create you there. So you'll have to do it out of your own strength, and your yoke won't be easy, and your burden won't be light. Life will be hard. So God's just telling us, you don't have to do all that to be happy, and you don't have to do all that to fulfill and please me. 
Do what I tell you. Do it with passion. Do it in timing. Be focused, and you'll please me. Well, who wants to do anything else with their life? That's it, y'all. We've been chasing the wrong rabbit, so to speak. We need to live by deadlines. You need to have deadlines in your life. People don't like deadlines. You need to have deadlines. We will have this by this. I'm telling you, I have a paid-for house. Do y'all have a paid-for house? I have a paid-for house, and it's not like some fine day. When I've paid 30 years on the mortgage, I have a paid-for house. Well, hello, that's nothing special. I got one soon, and I'm not going to divulge those things now. I don't want to get on there, but you, you got to, to, when you set deadlines, then you have to set a consecration in your life. You start to say, okay, self, we can't do the loose living we've been living. I'm not talking about sin living. I'm talking about loose living where you just kind of like, you're out there. You have to set faith deadlines. Bless God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, and we're going to have this in our life by this year. 2004 is special, but so was three, and so was two, and so was one. There was something in every one of those. Amen. I know the air conditioner came right back on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Focus controls energy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're in that season between hot and cold winter and summer. Some days not as much as others, and so it's a challenge here. Focus controls energy. When you're focused, when you're focused, you have energy for what's at hand. When you're not focused, you are tired all the time. Amen. You know, when you have revelation, this is so cool. Revelation always comes when you get a passion to finish something. When you don't have a passion to finish something, to have a deadline, to have a, a mastery in your life, it's like, well, I'm just going through life, and I'm just picking it up as I go, and living it as it comes, and, you know, doing the best I can. You'll never have revelation, because there's no need for it. There's no draw for it. But you'll, if you want to say, Lord, I'm believing you to be out of debt by the end of this year. I'm believing you, Lord, to give $10,000 next year. Lord, I'm believing you to have, to, to, to serve as a children's minister. I'm as soon as you put a demand on it, revelation has to come because you can't get there naturally speaking. So it empowers you. It begins to come in you by revelation of how to do it, and all of a sudden you're doing stuff in less time that's greater for his glory. Oh, hallelujah. I love this. It's so It just sets everything straight. Instead of y'all work harder and maybe it'll be all right. Amen. Revelation is the completer of unfinished business. Amen. Now, focus requires you to look until you find when you're focused, it's like, well, we need one more piece. Ah, just forget it. It'll be good enough. Focus requires you, I'm not quitting until we get this done. There's some things around here in this church that's requiring great focus. We could do a thousand things. If you get the, the ministry magazines and the, and the tapes I get and see what churches are doing across the nation, you go, that's cool. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't we, wouldn't we look good doing that? But it's, it's not us. You want to, you'd think it'd be cool, it'd be a blessing, but it's not us. And so you, it takes faith just to say no, or to say not now. And, you know, the ministers come and say, we want to do this and we want to do that. Yeah, we do too, but it's not now. We can do it right now with excellence and in faith with what we got. Amen. Y'all don't be too handy with those amens or anything. Focus will addict your soul to the things that empower it. Once you get a victory with focus you'll want to go back to it. You'll want to master your stuff. Right now, I'm in a little phase of my life, I have been the last three months, that I am organizing everything in my life. Even that little thing in my truck between the seats, I got that thing. I cleaned it out the other day and filled up a, you know, a big barrel or whatever. I'm cleaning out my offices, both of them. I'm cleaning out. I'm, I am straightening. I'm, I chunked stuff the other day, filled up the dumpster just out of my office practically. I mean, I am, I'm on a... Don't get in my way. I might throw you out. Hallelujah. No, I'm just talking about I'm preparing for more. I'm getting ready for more. I'm focusing right now on being so busy or so full that if I'm not organized, I will lose some of the harvest that God's bringing to me. Now, that's just where I am. I mean, I'm, uh, these are natural things, physical things, but I've got my closet at my office at home. I got it. Well, I've been in there since then, but it looks real good. Hallelujah. The other day, I found the bottom of my desk, the top, I mean. Could see it from one end to the other. Hallelujah. It was really cool. I mean, this has been major. Hallelujah. Um, 
Lamentations 3.51 says, mine, I affected mine heart. So we got to be careful what we focus on. Joshua 1.7 and 8 says, turn not from the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Focused. Focused on the word. Focused on your assignment. Yeah, you could sing. Yeah, you could do children's church. Yeah, you could do this and that, but what are you called to do right now? Just don't even be asking us to go on the stage until you're through with the ministry you're doing it. Don't be asking to be going back to children's church if you're in the youth and you know you're supposed to be there. Just focus on what you're doing. Amen? Focus will draw miracles out of the hand of God. James 1.5 says, Let all men ask... uh, Ask of God who giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not. So if we'll, if we'll focus on these things, Lord, I'm asking you right now for wisdom. I'm asking you right now, Lord, for a paid-for car. Lord, I'm asking you for the anointing to go into children's church today. He'll give it to us if we'll focus. Instead of just going in there saying, well, help me, Lord, somehow. Focus has reward. Hebrews uh, um, 11.6 says he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Focus has a reward that diligently seek him. In all his forms, it doesn't just mean in your prayer closet, Lord, I'm seeking you. Sometimes it means, Lord, I need a lesson. I need a children's object lesson. Lord, I need songs for this Sunday morning. Lord, I need some ushers to show up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, hallelujah. I want you to turn to 2 Timothy with me. And we're going to quit with this, chapter 4. Praise God. Now, this evening, you, you may not got the whole thing, but I trust, I trusted the Lord that some part of this thing tonight, you got something that fit the key, fit your lock, and turned it, and you got something free tonight. That you got something that said, I'm inspired, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be a doer of the Word. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 says this, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Talking about focus. Then he said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas didn't just load up one day and get a thought and say, you know, I'm really ticked at, at uh, Paul because he didn't pay my rent like he said. I'm just not taking it anymore. It was a process. It was the lack of focus. It was a lack of things came in and distracted him just like they come in to distract you and me. Not the same. What distracts you might be your children. See, my children don't distract me anymore. Well, hallelujah, amen. Really, they don't. But that used to be a major thing. It's like, you know, okay, we got it, you got it. And it's right, you take out part of your life and you raise your children. But, you know, I'm not at that place anymore. But other things do. And so it's different, it's changed. So you can't just put it out there and say, well, here's the distractions you're going to face because it won't be the same for everybody, will it? But you got to know it's tailor-made for you. And it will come against you. Philemon 21 says, having confidence, Paul said, having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt do also more than I say. He was focused. He said, I'm writing to you, Philemon, because I know if I ask you, you'll be over the top. You'll just do what I ask, and you'll do exceeding abundantly above. That's what we're called to do. And you can do it. Say, I can do it. So you've got an assignment, you can do it. And you know, if, here's the key. This is what i, I got to tell this. The key is this. You don't have to compete. You don't have to strive in life. The Bible teaches us, and I read those four scriptures, the Bible teaches us that if you will simply focus on the little things that are in your life now, just the little things, oh, but they're not significant, they're not big, they're not, they can't take, if you will focus on the little things, the few things, Matthew said, He promises to make you ruler over much. It is the great mystery revealed that you don't have to be like the world that's striving and pulling and, you know, well, someday I'll be old and I can't give it. I'm strong now. I need to give all I've got. I need to to work hard because, you know, someday and no, it's the same for everybody. The little old grandma and the the 19-year-old focus on what the few things are on your life and God will give you promotion. It takes the load off. It takes the weight off. It takes false responsibility and false burdens. It, it disarms the distractor. 
because you've already made up your mind. I'm going to do this little deal here, and I'm going to do it with mastery. I'm going to do it with focus. I'm going to do it with passion. I'm going to do it with timing, and that's all I'm going to do right now until he checks in and says, let's go up higher. Woo, hallelujah. Well, they'll call you lazy. They'll call you slothful. But I'll tell you, when you're in charge of them, they'll change their tune. Let's stand up this evening. Praise God. Did y'all get anything out of this this evening? Well, we just need our lives stirred. We just need the truth to stir us, and praise God, his word does that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I believe these messages are just on time to make us to make us gather in all that's available in the days of this year. Today is the 17th of November, so there's 13 more days of this month and 31 days in December. So what that'd be 40 44 days or so, right at 7 weeks, 6 weeks. Hallelujah. That's enough time. I've seen the Dallas Cowboys, I've seen them make two touchdowns in less than two minutes and win the game. And that's carnal. That's, that's historical. How much more can God, hallelujah, when we focus? You know, they all make more points in the last few minutes of the game than they usually make in the whole game. Why? Because they're focused. We're running out of time. Well, we can do likewise. We can take a lesson right there. Hallelujah. God would do it from the beginning, but we don't focus many times till the end. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's just give ourselves right now. You just consecrate yourself. No one's listening to you, but out of your own mouth. You tell God, here's what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to turn my life. This is the adjustments I'm making. I'm turning this thing. Lord, thank you for helping me. I just take the guilt off in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm just turning this over to you, Lord. Praise God. And Lord, I thank you. It'll have success. There'll be victory in it. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Hallelujah. That your word is working. Your word is working in me. Hallelujah. The word is working in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm just quicken right now. False, false burdens. So big. False burdens. Now, you know, you could go the other route from this and say, well, they asked me to do children's church today and I'm not taking on any more burdens. That's not what we're talking about. (laughs) We're taking care of those false burdens so we can do the kingdom business. Don't you be coming back and telling Myron or, you know, whatever, say, oh, I got set free the other night. I'm not working for God no more because I, I was overloaded. No, you were overloaded in somewhere else. Y'all are hardly smiling tonight. Is there, are you making faces at them or something? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's see if there's anything else here tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Debbie, do you have anything tonight, darling? Amen. Amen. Well, I, I, it seems like I'm clear. going to have fun. We're going to enjoy the saints between now and the end of the year. We're going to enjoy one another. So y'all come.